morning. All right? Good. Right, let's get into Ephesians 1, shall we? That is the plan this morning. Um, We're in part three of our series in Ephesians 1, where we're just looking. We wanted to really get back into the foundations of our faith. What is it built on? We're in a kind of wobbly old time. We've been through all sorts of different things. I know across this room, your experiences of the last 18 months have been very varied, but challenging in all sorts of different ways. And it's been, and even as we come back together, we're kind of asking, you know, what what does church look like? What does it look like to be a Christian at this moment? How do practical things work out? And we've all got different views on that. And so we're slightly all over the place, maybe, um, in, our, in our emotions and in our hearts right now. But in the midst of that, we wanted to say, let's come back to the foundations of what we're all about. Um, and let's make sure that as we rebuild and we, we put things back in the diary and as things get busier again, that we're lining ourselves up with the basics and the foundations um, of our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And actually, this week, um, I was just reminded of that. I don't know if, if anyone can remember it, but um, we've talked about this a few times during, during lockdown. But back last March, just before um, the pandemic really took over, we had this amazing prophetic word from Elizabeth, who is sitting right there. Um, and I just wanted to read you a bit of it again, because I think it's so key as we get going again in all that we're about at the moment. I had a picture, Elizabeth said, of a beautiful brick-walled house. It was the envy of all who saw it. A strong wind came, and as the wind continued, the house began to show cracks in its structure, and it finally collapsed. When the wind died down, all that could be seen were the foundations. They weren't pretty, but they remained. Now make sure, this was the instruction to us, the word of God to us as gateway, make sure and double-check every part of the foundations. It will also actually be a time to enlarge the footprint of the house once the original footprint has been checked. Then God will begin his work of raising the building up out of the destruction and creating a better, more solid house with his hands, not man's. That's amazing, isn't it, that God would say to that to us. It was just before the pandemic kicked off. And it's been quoted lots of times since, Elizabeth. Well done, keep going. Um, with the prophetic stuff. But, you know, as we come back and, well, diaries are suddenly getting busier. There's all sorts of demands. We're working out what priorities look like and what life looks like um, as we kind of build stuff back into life after, well, I say after the pandemic. It hasn't gone yet, has it? There's going to be more challenges ahead, no doubt. But in the midst of that, we want to say, as we put things back in, we want to make sure that we're lining up with foundational truth about who we are and who God is and what he says about us. May that be our plumb line, if you like. And there'll be some stuff that needs to go because it doesn't line up with that. And there'll be other stuff that needs building in a different way because we've realized and gone back to the original things that that we're about as God's people. Amen? And that is what's behind looking at Ephesians. Because in Ephesians are the real basics of our faith. And the real basic truths about the God who loves us and has rescued us. So in that context, let's read Ephesians 1. I'm going to read all of it. I'm only going to pick a bit of it, but it's such a great chapter that you've got to read the whole lot together, really. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this incredible foundational truth, Lord. And in, we pray that in these days of continued uncertainty and all sorts of things that we've been through, we pray that, Lord, as we seek to put things back in place, as we seek to be faithful to you in this moment that we find ourselves in, we pray that we would line up with your foundational truth. Lord, that we would receive the truth of who you say we are and who you are. And Lord, everything would be built on that, Lord, faithful to the foundations that you've declared to us. Uh, Not adding anything to that, Lord. Not adding our own uh, preferences or our own uh, agendas or our own experiences, but Lord, faithful to your word. And Lord, we pray, lead us in these days in Jesus' name. Amen. It's incredible, this truth, isn't it? And what a, what a great foundation for us this morning to just enjoy, to know that we're adopted by the Father. Amen? The Father, the, the God of creation, adopted into his family. That we've been placed by God's mercy, mercy in Christ. Now that as God looks at us, he didn't see us as we deserve. He doesn't see us in our sin. He sees us clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Now we're hidden 
in Christ. And we're marked, Paul says, by the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit for this coming kingdom. And that the Holy Spirit in us, and as we know him in us in these days, that is the deposit that gives us a foretaste of, but also guarantees our future forever with God. What amazing foundations, amen? And with Paul... We thank God that we've been drawn into this amazing, these amazing relationships of love that Colin was talking about last week that go on in the Trinity. So the Father and the Son and the Spirit, all of whom are involved in our salvation, since, the, since before time began, forever and ever, the Father, the Son and the Spirit love one another. There's this ongoing relationship of love. And because of the gospel and in Christ, we've been drawn into that relationship. God has pulled us into that in his mercy. We've been included in that. And that is our source of life. That is the foundation of all that we are now. And we live in that place, in the midst of, drawn into those relationships, founded on that kind of love. And it's been great this morning just to hear different stories of what God is doing amongst us. Because with Paul, I want to say this morning that I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Amen? And that needs to be the prayer of all of us this morning, I believe. Even as we start to get back together and we see people that we haven't seen for a long time, and maybe there's some people that we were expecting to see that we haven't yet seen, and we're not quite sure what things look like in this era, but as we hear the testimonies of one another and we hear the foundations of our faith, What should rise up within us is incredible thanks for God's people. Amen? And we should look around this room because, you know, we're so inclined to see the frustrations and the niggles and the things we don't like and the things that are different and the things we're not sure about. But I believe with Paul this morning, we should be saying, God, I thank you for this incredible family of God's people that you've pulled together, that you've raised up, that you've been at work in. And all of us can look around the room and with those who aren't here as well, different ones that we've journeyed with. And we say, thank you, God, for different individuals. We thank you, God, for the gospel at work in the lives of different ones. We thank you that we've, you've joined us into a family. We're so grateful, God, for your work in different ones of us. Amen? And let, let's have that as our focus this morning. As Paul says, he keeps giving thanks for God as he's heard about your faith, our faith. And that's... We've heard about one another's faith. We keep giving thanks to God. And you know, some of us have journeyed as a family for a long, long time. And I, it, June, it is great to see you here this morning. June was one of the original four that started this church nearly 30 years ago. And I give thanks, June, for you and for what you guys did when you started things. And there's others that we've journeyed with we're not so long Shorter times, you know, there's Mark who apparently was born in the church, he's just told us. Not really. But, you know, we've journeyed and we've encouraged one another and we've seen the work of God in one another's lives and we've prophesied over over one another and we've put an arm around one another when we've struggled and we thank God for one another and what he's doing in us and has done in us and will do in us. We praise God continually for the family of his people. Amen. Amen. I look across and I see Katie and Callum who were in a kids group that I ran ages ago, 20 years ago. I've got, still got photos. I came across them the other day. They, they, hadn't see, they hadn't noticed each other in those days. 
But, you know, we've journeyed a long time together and God has used us in one another's lives and we're a family called out and drawn into this amazing trinity of love that is God. And he's begun to work in our lives and he's begun to transform us and there's lots more to do. And then there's the newer members of the family. Some have only, and I look across and see the Halliwells who have just joined us in lockdown and it was only a couple of weeks ago that we met in the flesh because we'd only met on Zoom up to now. And we've heard the story of how God has led you. And Emily, it's so great to hear of your, the, of your annex being finished, but God has led these guys and now they've, God has joined them in, in a really clear path and they've just joined a different part of the journey. And and that's the case with all of us. But we say, thank you, God, for what you're doing in us and amongst us. And we've got to remember the grace of God in us as a family and thank God for one another at this moment of wobbliness. Amen? And that Paul says, keep going with that. Keep thanking God. And you know what? It's wider than that as well. Because I love the fact that in verse... Sorry, eyes have de- got decayed over the last two years as well. I've not given... St- Oh, because ever since I heard about your faith and your love for all God's people. You see, it's not just the people here. It's all God's people. And you know what? There's something that God is doing in this town right now where God has put us, where he's joining hearts across churches as well. And I know there's all sorts of ones of you who have relationships across the churches. I think of the guys who pray on Zoom every morning at 8 a.m., joined with mainly some, some other people from Freshbrook. Um, whose hearts have been joined in lockdown and praying together every day. And we've heard from Colin a couple of weeks ago about the the church plant in Penhill that we sent some people to, and we've put finances in there, and we're so delighted with what God is doing there. And we pray for them, and and God's joined our hearts, and there's a love for all of God's people. We thank God for the guys at Patton and what they're doing, and they're planting into North Swindon. Um, you know, I could go on. I thank God for Owen in Wichelstow and the creative thing that they're doing amongst the community. And, and God has given us a love for different ones. And some of you are doing safe families with people from other churches. And some of you are, are doing street pastors who are, who, who, we've got a love for those people who are just launching out in Old Town again. And you know what? We look across this town and we say, thank you, God. You've given us such a love for God's people in this place. Amen? And we thank God, not just for our family here, but for what he's doing amongst us. He is joining hearts for purpose. Why? Because we have been drawn into this love in the Trinity. We have been rescued. We've been drawn into love. We know this now. We know this as our firm foundation. We have a hope. We've got this amazing inheritance that Paul talks about. And it's out of that, that's, that's where life is, that's where hope is, that's where love is. And it's out of that that God gradually is making all things new. Amen? The Bible says that in Christ, God is making all things new. This, our hope is not just for, some, for heaven to come along one day and we all hold on until we get there. No, God now, as we're joined into him, it's only in him that we have life, but as we're joined into him... He gives us life and that life begins to overflow and it begins to transform. And we believe that he's doing something significant in our town as that life overflows. And we thank God, therefore, for one another, but we thank God for the people that he has called um, in this place and raised up. And we say, Lord, may that life that we've discovered in you, this amazing love, may that overflow now as we're joined into you. 
And I also read another prophetic this word this week that I've just got to read to you because it's so, it, it so resonates with what I believe God is doing in these days. This is Julian Adams. Some of you will remember this from 2013. I feel there's something about God wants to hotspot this place that is Swindon. I believe there are places that God wants to put his finger on in the nation that will act as, as a significant move of God in the nation. And I believe that God wants to put his finger on this church and on this city. That where there has been a predictability, where there has been a normality, where there has been a same old, same old concerning this town, God says, I'm going to turn it around. And there's going to be some breakthroughs that are going to come. And I feel that God wants you to get ready for that in this next season. God is going to begin to unlock a wineskin. Anita, you prayed in the prayer meeting this morning about that new wineskin. God is going to be able to begin to unlock a wineskin that's going to pour out wine across the city and release the kingdom of God wherever you go. Amen? So it's this weird time where we're not quite sure of what's going on and we feel uncertain and we feel unsure and, what, and we're asking, what does church look like? And, what, and we, we're in a room with people, we weren't, we weren't meeting like this before the pandemic and some things have changed and maybe we're not sure about them. But at the same time, God's saying, I want you to be thankful for this family. I want you to be thankful for God's people across this place. I want you to know that I'm at work, that as you join into me and as you partake of my life, and understand these amazing foundations and this love that I've poured out on you, know that that life will begin to overflow and bring transformation. And we're in that kind of season. And so we have some, some things that we're not sure about and we're uncomfortable with maybe, and we're not sure what life looks like at this point. But also we sense this amazing opportunity that God has spoken to us about and we see the start of it around us. And the question is, how do we, how do we handle that tension? How do we handle the struggle of the moment in different ways and the things we're not sure of and we're not maybe sure where we fit right now or what our role is or how things work or what our priorities should be in life again at this point and yet we sense there is something that God's doing. He's doing it across the town. He's doing it as we look in one another's lives and how do we hold that tension? I think that's one of the key questions in this moment is how do we live with those things and what, we, what do we do? And I believe that Paul's answer is right here in verse 17. And it's this. He says, I want you to know Jesus more. That's the answer. I want you to know him more. Paul says that when he sees what God has done in your different lives, when he sees what's going on, in spite of all the challenges and the, and the ups and downs, this is Paul's prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's always the answer, that we know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The answer to the challenges of the moment, the answer to opportunities which feel beyond us and a shaking and an unsureness in the things around us, the answer is always to know Jesus more. That's what we were saved for, to know him. That's where love is to be found, where security is to be found, but it's also where fruitfulness is to be found and where transformation is gonna come from. And Paul says, I want you to understand just what God has done in you so that as the life of God begins to 
permeate through every part of your life, it will overflow and my kingdom will advance. You, people of God, you, church of God, family of God's people, you are the first fruits of the new creation as it breaks in on the old. Jesus is making all things new. And he says to each one of us, I want you to know me more because life and fruitfulness and transformation, it comes from me. It doesn't come from anywhere else. So make this your prayer. Jesus, I want to know you more. I don't know where you're at this morning. When you think about your relationship with Jesus Christ, how does it feel right now? How well do you feel like you know him? Do you know him better now than you did a year ago, 18 months ago? Because that is the question at the heart of everything. If we're going to know this security and this hope, if we're going to be able to cope with the ups and downs of life, we need to know him more. If we're going to be fruitful, if we're going to see fulfilled the things that we long for and dream for around us, if we're going to see the things that Audrey was praying about earlier in the people who seem to show no interest in God right now, it's going to be because we know him more. His chosen vehicle is you and me. Isn't that right? And as we're drawn into his love and into his truth and into his life, and into his fruitfulness, the idea is that, that that we become a transforming influence wherever we go. So Paul says, I want you to pray without ceasing. He prays without ceasing that you may know Jesus more. Because life and fruitfulness and security and satisfaction and hope are all to be found in him. And you know what? That doesn't come naturally. Which is why Paul says that I want you to pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that God actually would give you his spirit to reveal to you how great is this salvation and how amazing it is to be joined into the heart of God. You need the Holy Spirit to even comprehend that. So if you're thinking right now, well, I don't know, my relationship with Jesus, it's not, it's not that great right now. It, it doesn't happen in the natural It's not a natural thing. We need to actually ask God for his spirit to help us know Jesus more. It's actually a spirit-bred thing. It's a spirit-created thing. And so our first prayer maybe is, Holy Spirit, please come and help me know Jesus more. But this needs to be our constant prayer and our desire right now, I believe, in that all the things, and it'd be so easy at this moment to focus on all sorts of other things and to try and work out what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, the diary's getting busy again. But if not now, then when? To know Jesus more. And my plea to you this morning is whatever else you're putting in your diary and whatever else feels like a priority right now and whatever else seems to be calling for your attention, the most important call on your attention is to know Jesus more. Because that's the place of hope. It's the place of refuge. It's the place of fruitfulness. It's the place of life. It's the place of transformation. And so Paul says, well, you know him more. And I keep praying this. And we need to keep praying it. And, we need to, and if you don't feel the desire even right now, then ask the Holy Spirit for the desire. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the riches of this inheritance that we've been drawn into, that you might be captivated again by it. If, you're, if your love for Jesus has gone dry right now, put that behind and say, God, by your spirit, 
Will you captivate me again? Will you reveal this amazing truth that you've drawn me into? And may I know you more. Jesus, I want to know you more. Because everything else comes from that. Amen? So I want to pray for us. I don't think there's anything else to say, really. I think that's the call to us. Practically, what are you going to do different this week? Whatever works for you. I don't know how you pray, even if it's only five minutes at the start of today, each day to say, Holy Spirit, will you come and will you rekindle in me this love for Jesus? We'll be feeling all sorts of different things right now. Some of us are feeling close to him and feel like we know exactly where we're to be positioned right now and, and we're loving walking with him. Some of us have just grown cold. But wherever we're at this morning, Paul's prayer needs to be our prayer, I believe. Lord, I want to know you more. And will you come, Holy Spirit, and reveal Jesus to me again, that I might walk, that I might shift. My call to you this morning is to shift some things around in life so that once again we go after that as our priority because everything else comes from that. Whatever else you're feeling, Jesus, I want to know you more. You're the source of all life and all goodness and all love. Amen? And so wherever you're at this morning, I just if you, if, if you would say with me this morning, I want to do, do something different that I might know Jesus more, that I might have more of his life in me, that I might know more of that fruitfulness because I've, I've grasped again the incredible nature of this inheritance that he's won for me. I'm feeling nothing right now, but Lord, I want you to start warming my heart towards you. I want you to help me even to pray or to know how to or to know when I can come to you or how, how to ask the, for this stuff. If that's you this morning, wherever you're at, I'd love to just, uh, let's just close our eyes. I'd love to invite um, you just to stand because I'm going to pray that prayer that Paul prays, that the Holy Spirit would wake us up. Um, don't, don't do that because somebody else is doing it near you. But this is the call of the moment, is to know him more, to leave other things aside right now and to know him more. Lord, we, we want to welcome you, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would come amongst us. We thank you for this incredible gathering of your family. We thank you for what you've done in every single life. We thank you that you've drawn us, you've chosen us, you've called us. And now, Lord, I want to pray by your spirit that you would, as Paul says, that you would open the eyes of our hearts again to see you, to be captivated by you, to understand this amazing inheritance, this amazing life forever, this hope that you've won for us. Lord, may Holy Spirit, will you reveal it to us again? Will you excite us about it again, Lord? Where we've grown cold and lost our first love, Lord, will you rekindle that in us by your Spirit? Lord, we, 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 uh, we know that we're dependent on you. We know this doesn't happen in the flesh. Lord, we know we can't drum this up in ourselves, but we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken us and even put that prayer in us this week, Lord, I pray. Every day that we start the day saying, Holy Spirit, come and awaken me again. Come and put that life in me again, that love for Jesus. Come and rekindle an excitement uh, to go after Jesus and to be with him and to enjoy relationship with him and to see what he does out of that. And I just felt as I was preparing for today that, you know, if, if, we, if, if we know our inheritance 
it gives us a different outlook on life. If we know that we're secure because God has won everything we need and our future is secure in him and we have a hope, that's a, that gives us a very different outlook in life, doesn't it? You know, just in the natural, if somebody inherits, if, they're in, if they've got a massive inheritance, it gives them a confidence, doesn't it? It gives a, a different kind of security. And, uh, you know, we, we need that kind of security about us and that kind of confidence, actually, because of the inheritance that is ours. And one of the things that that does is it makes us generous with one another. It causes us to be open-handed because he's done everything for us. He's given us everything we need. And I just believe that uh, as I was praying that God would call us to a new open-handedness in this moment to a new generosity, to those around us, to those across the town, to, the, to our neighbours. But also maybe an open-handedness. There may be this morning things that you feel like you're holding on to, that you, you thought were going to be the next stage of life for you, but they haven't quite happened. Or, and, or there, there's maybe things about this season that you're finding yourself in that, that are frustrating. And God just, I think he wants to say this morning, we just open your hands to me because I've got this. And it might not be as you expected in this moment. And, and there might be some this morning that, has, that have, you know, the, the, you're cross with somebody. And God just says, you know, there's an open-handedness that I want in this moment. Because of everything I've done for you. Because of the, this secure foundation and this amazing love and this amazing hope that you have. I want you now to open your hands towards this person and I want you to forgive them. It might be an openness with our, with our time in a new way. Or towards people that we've found difficult. But I believe that God is calling us to that in this moment as well. And if that is you and you respond to that, maybe you're not already standing. Would you also stand this morning? There might be something that God's just saying to you about that calling to be generous and open-handed in this moment. And Father, I just pray that you would come. And by your spirit, you would seal the things you've done in our hearts this morning and the things you've spoken to us. Lord, may we know you more. Lord, would you draw us deeper into that relationship? Jesus, we confess that you are everything. Lord, sometimes we don't see how that works out in the circumstances of our lives. We don't know how that adds up, but we know and we declare by faith that knowing you more is always going to be the answer because in you is life and in you is hope and in you is fruitfulness and in you ultimately is love. And so we give ourselves to that, Lord, and we say, come and stir us again, stir us afresh. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. amen.